The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is Logan Crow, who is Executive Director of Screenings and Event Program at the new uh, uh, Frida Cinema in Santa Ana. The theater's website is found at FridaCinema.org, TheFridaCinema.org. And uh, welcome to the show, Logan. Thanks, Heather. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Um, I am well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what was the decision process about um, opening an art house theater to serve Santa Ana and the surrounding communities? Well, you know, we've, I've just always had a um, sort of a vision for opening an art house in a community that didn't really have one. Um, and, uh, you know, really a hardcore uh, art house, which is sort of experimental and programming, playing very, very micro, micro budget, micro marketed films, um, ranging from student films, uh, documentaries that are looking for a place to show even one night only. Um, having actual art shows in the lobby, et cetera, et cetera, being flexible with programming. And most of our work um, over the last five years has been in Long Beach, California, actually. Um, but then this opportunity presented itself to um, to operate this venue here. Um, and, you know, we took a look at it, and I spent some time on it, and it seemed like Santa Ana had this amazing arts uh, community, uh, very connected, very passionate. You know, you've got some great zines out here, everything from music to zines to obviously graphic arts, and uh, an art house seemed like a perfect fit. Oh, definitely. Um, so uh, how do you get an independent movie theater up and running? Uh, what was the time frame between <laughs> the dream and the actual opening day? Hey, we're still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it's, well, we've been programming as, uh, so the, the organization for the last uh, five years has, has the, the umbrella, the parent umbrella is called Long Beach Cinematheque. And we have been programming and putting on events um, for five years, but always as, as what is considered in the industry a, a four-wall organization, meaning we, we rent four walls. So we come in, we, we book a film from the distributor, we market the event, uh, you know, try to get a speaker, try to build it up hold the event, and then we're out the door until the next one. And so the experience of booking films and making relations with distributors and special guests, um, our marketing base, that had already been established. The okay. challenge now was, okay, so now we're you know venue operators. Now we've got electricity and water damage to things to consider. And that's been, you know, that continues to be sort of a learning curve uh, for our organization. But... Uh, but the good news is a lot of the programming and operate and you know sort of uh, programming of events and, and marketing um, we had already kind of had experience with. Can you tell us more about the Freedom uh, Cinema? We know that it's a, like small indie art films. What else can you tell us about the theater? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a two-screen cinema. It's deceptively um, it's actually it's you know a large auditorium. It's uh, 300 seats per auditorium, which allows for a great audience and um, very nice large screens. And you know, the, the the mission really is to to keep the programming as flexible as we can, so that we can be spontaneous, so that we can work with the community and programming. I mean, within the first three months, we've, we're just shy of four months of operation and. Gosh, within the first two months, I would say we had four or five events that originated from the community, from community interest. There was a group called Barrio Writers. It's a youth uh, poetry organization. They were looking for a venue. We were able to host them. There was a group that was looking to do a live production of the Vagina Monologues um, to raise money for a women's abuse center in Orange County. Uh-huh. And, you know, we showed them the cinema. We got creative as to how we could use it to do an actual live play. And we did 
three performances. The first one sold out completely, and it was it was a dream, you know, to to be able to a you know serve a community interest that way, to have the money go to a great cause, and to again envision a cinema as sort of being able to serve beyond film. What else can you do with an auditorium? You know, we can do poetry, we can do live theater, we can have art shows, uh, we can invite people to lecture. Um, that's sort of been the model of cinemas that I've always really admired and, and wanted to, to get behind. Uh, what makes the Frida Cinema different than, say, a corporate theater that plays independent releases like University 6 that's just across the street from where I'm sitting? Yeah, and, and what's great about that is that, like, I love the, uh, you know, the, there's a the Regal and there's the Edwards, obviously, down there. And, yeah. you know, I think communities are lucky to have um, those theaters. And, and I think the, the the sort of difference is that we want to go even smaller in the sense of, you know, there are some movies that are sort of what they would, you know, more of the mainstream art house films. I'm thinking, you know, 12 Years a Slave or a Michael Moore documentary. Or Nebraska. That, What's that? No, or Nebraska. Or Nebraska, exactly, or the New Cohen Brothers film, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that, you know, certainly we would love to play, but, but what I find, for example, is what happens when you have um, even a, a, you know, a Miramax film is that, you know, uh, it limits you from being able to say, okay, hey, some, you know, Greta Garbo has just passed away and, and we want to do a Garbo retrospective, or... There, you know, someone has just had a, a huge community need and needs a fundraiser within a week. You know, we want to keep our programming as flexible as possible, and, and uh, you know, having the second auditorium obviously helps us do that, so that we can say, hey guys, can we throw up a, you know, this event next week? You know, and obviously the marketing is a challenge, but you know, the flexibility is important to me. Um, you know, and then we also have, uh, I think our one of our very first screenings was a documentary about these mountain climbers that went up the face of El Capitan. I mean, this is a group that hasn't been picked up. They have no distributor. There is no you know, A24 films or Merrimax behind them. They just needed a place to show. And, and for us, it was important to say, hey, we have a place. We have an outreach. Um, and, you know, we don't really, you know, obviously the audience is important because it keeps us alive. But we also don't want to rely on the marketing that has been provided for the films by the studios uh, to play your film. We don't want to say your film is too small. Yeah, yeah. I was um, just wondering, you know, that flexibility, is that why your schedule is really not filled out past next week? Yeah, it, it is. It, well, there's a couple things. <laughs> you know, uh, we're still establishing our relationships with the studios. Okay. So I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, you know, Fox and uh, Disney and Warner Brothers are still... Uh, when you open up a new venue, uh, there's a lot of back and forth as to um, setting up it's a whole credit account. So a lot of the smaller um, Magnolia A24, we've been able to get up and running, and we've we've certainly been screening their films. Um, that's part of the reason. Um, the other one is, yeah, we're still sort of looking at what's been working. You know, what do we want to marry ourselves to? Which films we open them? Are we going to have like flexibility on versus others? Which studios will work with us? Um, so yeah, you know the, the goal over the summer is obviously to have ourselves filled up, so that we have a good month uh, to promote and actually start doing paper programs, et cetera. But yeah, you're right. As you'll find on the website, we're sort of programmed two to three weeks out, and then uh, you know still sort of filling in the gaps. Yeah, definitely. What are the goals that you need to achieve to make the Frida successful and making the theater sustainable from a financial sure. standpoint? Well, 
we're you know we're five hundred one c three. We're a nonprofit, so we're definitely member supported, and our member base continues to grow. And we've been working with local businesses to sort of develop a you know uh, fringe benefits sort of idea to our membership. So there are certain restaurants and shops around the vicinity that'll give discounts to our members. And that information is on the website. Um, we also obviously are very actively writing grants. We are getting sponsors. Uh, a lot of the grantors want to see it's sort of a catch-22. They, they recognize that we've been doing this for years, but as far as the venue goes, they want to see us in operation for a year. Yeah. So we've been relying a little bit more heavily on memberships and sponsorships. And then, um, you know, a lot of the grants I think would be eligible for, um, you know, we'd have to wait till February of next year to, to go back after. Um, but basically, yeah, we, we can't rely on ticket sales. That's, that's been very clear. You know, if we want to be able to, to take risks and say, look, this is a good film, you know, it's an important documentary. It's not, you know, it's never going to sell out, you know, but it needs to be played because there's an audience that wants to see it. We, we need the support from individuals in the community who care about certain films like that or who care to have the accessibility to films like that to advocate for us, to support us, and also just to help spread the word. Yeah, definitely. Your programming yeah. philosophy seems like it, you can play like an underrated, you know, Hollywood film, like A Face in the Crowd, or you can play Jean, like a Jean-Luc Godard film. Um, like, how do you establish that relationship with distributors to get your hands on films to actually show at your theater? Sure. Well, it's funny you mentioned Godard. The, the, you know, the distributors, um, there's, there's a huge, uh, what they call the art house convergence, which is a uh, a group of people who run art houses who meet once a year in Utah, but they also have this um, forum that they keep very active. And so a lot of the distributors that are doing art films, they market to that forum very actively. Okay. There's a distributor who just took all of Godard's works, remastered them, and is uh, now doing a Godard festival. So we're looking at doing that pretty soon. Um, it's a couple things. One is the distributors will actively let you know as they are restoring these films, hey, we have Alphaville, hey, we're, you know, we have this. He is, you know, there are tools, an IMDb Pro, um, for if we want to do a fest or if we want to play a film that we can research, okay, who's the distributor, um, call them up, what formats are available, and then, um, and then program the film. What formats is your cinema set up to accommodate? Sure, we can do um, DCP, which is the new um, you know, digital platform that films are being shown in. Uh, we have a Sony 4K, which is sort of the, uh, the state-of-the-art way to project those films. It's a beautiful, beautiful image. Uh, we have two 35-millimeter um, projectors. I won't get rid of them, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the classics are still available on 35. Believe it or not, there are some studios still making films on 35, though, though they'll tell you that it's over. Um, and then we can do Blu-ray and DVD as well. Oh, that's cool. Currently, the theater is in a little bit of a Jurorowski kick with uh, Holy Mountain and El Tupo playing this week and his new film, Dance of Reality, opening next week. Are you seeing yes. like a renewed interest in his work after his uh, documentary about the shelved film, Dune? Yes. I mean, that was such a great... Did you see the documentary? I have, yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, it's a great documentary. We, we screened it. It did very well. And... Um, and yeah, there were a lot of people as, as you know, we, I love to talk to people as they walk out of the theater. I really, I love to stand there and talk to as many people as I can. And what I was finding out was a lot of people had never seen um, The Holy Mountain and Dune, and they were mesmerized by the images that were shown in the film from these movies. So, you know, I did a little bit of research to find out how we can play them. I was shocked to discover that they had just been remastered on DCP. Um, I've played them on print before in Long Beach. I mean, it's it's great. To, I mean, they're beautiful prints, but you know they're old and and um, you know there were little scenes, you know, pops and scratches, and 
And, you know, I didn't want to play it on Blu-ray, although Blu-ray bumps up really nicely on these machines. Like uh-huh. it, so to find out, oh, no, we just finished remastering them. They're gorgeous. They're on 4K. Was I mean, I jumped all over it, and they just look amazing. Um, only Mountain, I don't think, has ever looked better. So it's been great playing them this, this week and getting a lot of feedback from people, both who have and haven't seen it, that they've just never seen it look and sound more amazing. That's really cool. Um, so, like, your, your theater's a nonprofit. What kind of volunteers are you looking for? Oh, it's been great. You know, we we you know, the, we need help across the board. I mean, the you know we need some creative writing volunteers. We need um, we have an awful lot of an awful lot of the right work because we're really happy about it. But we have a lot of great sort of on the ground volunteers that come in and help run the concessions and and because we're completely volunteer based. Yeah. Um, and they they you know they keep the theater going um, as we're showing films and um, and I found that you know, it's not a prerequisite by any means. But the volunteers who have some interest or some love for film or even the arts are getting the most out of it because people do love to just hang out and talk about film at this place. And I love it. We set up a cool little lounge area where people can sit on comfortable couches and chairs before or after the movie. And they want to talk to the volunteers about film. They want to talk to anyone that's around them about the movie they just saw or why they're there. And um, and so it's, it's a fun place. And I want to keep it fun and, and have it feel like a community art house um, so i would say that you know the only proof you know if, if you love film it's a great place to spend some time and help out uh, but it's like i said it's not a prerequisite is there any programming um stuff that you're working out right now that you can announce in the near future or do you have any sure, projects yeah, we're or... working on we are we're going to open uh, a new documentary uh, called video games the movie that is a, uh, a documentary about just the history of video games all the way from uh, when they were just, you know, the, the first design, you know, the, the age of Atari, all the way to where gaming is now and the shift in age from, you know, kids to, you know, adults who are <laughs> spending hours, you know, on, uh, you know, with their earphones on playing video games. And we're working on an event um, to open that that might have some games and uh, some other activities in the lobby and possibly even gaming in the theater and contests before the show. That's going to be in late July. Um, we're going to have a monthly uh, horror sort of Elvira-esque um, show that's hosted by a local uh, personality that calls herself Manvira. Uh, <laughs> Miss Azriel, she's sort of Elvira. She's Elvira's sort of like uh, sanctioned, christened, official uh, female impersonator, Elvira. <laughs> so, Was it? So she's she's going to do the whole the whole shebang with jokes and you know ghoulish and this and that. And that's exciting. We're doing uh, Night of the Living Dead first, and that's actually on the website already. Um, and yeah, we're looking at the Godard Fest. Um, we're looking at a David Lynch festival. Can and, I request? Uh, uh, can I request Pollute the Fowl? You can request whatever you want. <laughs> okay. The the video game thing that always blows my mind is uh, Steve Jobs actually programmed one of my favorite retro games, which is called Breakout, which later became Alleyway for Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, it's just no. That, that's the little bit of video game history that always blows my mind. Steve Jobs. Well, it doesn't surprise me. The guy was prolific. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I want to do some uh, video game. What we're looking at doing is doing uh, a few uh, video game throwback uh, flashback classics to tie into it in our other auditorium. So we're looking at, you know, uh, Wizards with Fred Savage. And, oh, that would um, be cool. You know, Super Mario Brothers, Bob Hoskins, and then sort of really play out the, and play out the video game, um, sort of where it was, where it's at. 
yeah, an interesting definitely. industry. Yeah, it is a really interesting history. Um, so any final thoughts before uh, we say goodbye for this uh, morning? Yeah, just thank you. I think that this, this, um, the outreach and the interest in the theater that's that's been coming out from individuals like you is extremely, extremely helpful. Um, you know, when you're a nonprofit, the sometimes the most you can hope for is that people help you spread the word because we don't have a marketing budget. Um, it, you know, we, it's most of what we do is social media, and so um, getting a hand from people that are interested to get a platform and be able to talk about what we're doing is hugely important so thank you that's, that's my final thought you're welcome and I, I just want to thank you for bringing some like film to orange county so we don't have to drive to the silent movie theater one of the limleys up in la to see really good films i i appreciate that yeah I appreciate it. it's an honor and and all our information is up on the free org. okay and uh, from that website you can hit link to our facebook and twitter as well and we're pretty active on that and yeah, please support us and, and continue to support the indie art houses that are down in your area too. They, trust, trust me, they need it as well. Oh, <laughs> We're definitely. We're all the same game. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll see you around, yeah. Logan. And uh, thanks for, for being sure. on the show this morning. This, is, of course, is the Heather McCoy Show.